Hey everybody, RC Heli Nation version 2.0. I am Dan. This is episode 175. The guys are all here. Jesse's back. What'd you do last week? Why were you gone? I was just skipping. I didn't, you know, sometimes you guys can be pretty boring to hang out with. I would agree so. with that. It's like, you know what? I think I'm just going to find something better to do with my Friday night. And? I didn't. I didn't find anything better to do. <laughs> so that's why I'm back here <laughs> this week. You felt compelled to come so, back. Yeah. So, I, you know, I'm right back. Right back in the swing of things. No, it feels good to be a. Felt like you know you, you miss out yeah, on something when when you skip a show. Yeah, so you do. it's always good to be back. Um, last week though, I was taking my fundamentals of engineering exam. Wait a minute! I already my... thought you were done taking all those tests. He likes it. You just did, oh, you, yeah, I, I just, did you pass? I, could, I did find out about midweek that I did in fact pass. So nice. It's Congrats, behind dude. me. I was getting. Thank you. I You're was getting a little bit an worried. Engineer. Officially, I, I guess that's what they tell me. Um, I, I was getting a little bit worried just because, you know, it was something that I really wanted to get done before I was out of school, uh, waiting a couple months out, and I probably, looking back, should have studied a little bit more. But yeah, you know, so is this like a state up, test? Or... It. Yeah, it's for uh, Washington State oh, okay. board board test um, to get a engineer in training type deal. Okay, which you uh, have for I believe five years, and then you can take your professional exam. Wow. Nice. So, yeah. So all went well. Step one complete. Um, yeah, it's, I'm I'm relieved. It, it kind of actually feels like I'm done with school now because that had been just kind of in the back of my mind the entire time. Going, ah, I got to get this test out of the way. Can't wait too long. Stuff's gonna start, you know, fading. Yeah, it was that so. way with the nursing boards too. Yeah, it's like you're done with school, but you know you have that professional exam. Yep. And it's and so. It lingers. You just gotta get it. We don't have that narrow space engineering. No, so I was just like done with. So what they do is hand (laughs) out cracker jack. You're done with school now. (laughs) Put something in space. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) throw something up in the air. See if it works. Open up these cracker jack boxes. Maybe you'll find your license. It's it's not very often where you're like in the oil and gas industry where something needs to be you know sealed or stamped, but there is some occasions where. A professional engineer is needed, so now it'll be you, good to have this, and then in five years get the PE. Now the you'll way. be more of an ass at. Yes, that's what <laughs> well, I'm. Well, you going get paid for. more for it too, don't you? For this one, yeah. No. Oh, but for PE, no. you do. For PE, yes, definitely. Hmm. I'm good at PE. Are you? Yeah, like, <laughs> that was my, like my best class. <laughs> Just saying. You, your favorite part of PE is when you got to take a shower with all the boys at the end. Yep. Sometimes. Brap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I liked climbing the ropes. I was gonna say rope climbing. Yep. We didn't have rope, ropes. Rope climbing with a accidental testicle slip always <laughs> makes for a good day. 
go to the the nurse? Was she hot? Or no. Oh, so far, no, too far. No, it's, it's never. I started it. It's yeah, Nick, you, you, the guy that starts it cannot shut it down. Exactly, it doesn't oh, work that yes, way. Yes, I can. So, no, you can. Jesse, have you been flying lately? Oh, oh, well, that's a that's a million dollar question right there. Um, I did not get out last weekend. No um, fly. Whoa, do wait not, a minute. Do not start Don't handing pre-judge. out no fly cards. Oh. Yeah, you I'm giving you that card back. Ripping Woo. it up. Throw it in your face. I well, maybe I'll take half the card. <laughs> Cuz I got in one whole freaking flight on the blade, 180 CFX. Wait a minute, wait a minute. That that doesn't count. That you doesn't. threw the card back in my face for one flight. <laughs> I, on I said I I said I'd take half of it, but I do have a good reason. I was planning on getting a whole heck of a lot more flights in. Because I got home from work today. It was about 2.30, so eh, not quite enough time, I felt, to run all the way out to the field. You know, get everything packed up, charged up, and run out to the field. So I'm like, perfect. This is almost the ideal situation for a micro helicopter. And so I get the pack all charged up, take it out into the cul-de-sac in front of my house, and bust out a flight. Um, Started doing some tweaking and tuning, going through the advanced menu a little bit. Um, tuning the head and tail and whatnot, just you know, trying to get it to fly as best I can. And after one flight, bring it back, go ahead and charge up the battery. And when I plug the heli back in, the tail just starts freaking out on it. I'm just like, you know, take a step back here. What did I, what did I change? And literally it was just an unplug, throw the battery on the charger, plug the heli back in. So nothing had changed. I'm going great. Um, tail servo problem or something failed on the helicopter but what i figured out was the trusty dx6i must have had a potentiometer go out on the tail what oh really yeah go (laughs) figure at a spectrum radio with a potentiometer problem i i was just as shocked as you guys (laughs) (laughs) couldn't believe it. unheard of could not believe it. Mind blown. Yeah, Mike. <laughs> so un- unfortunately, that thing does not work with the Futaba 8FG. So the flying got shut down. What I mean, what can I say? So like I said, I'll, I'll take half the card, but... Dude, you are reviewing the shit out of that helicopter. <laughs> Dude, I don't have a ton of flights on it here. I've been busy, man. Yeah, I think that kind of was the point of that, that statement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pass the test. Sarcasm is lost on this one. (laughs) Oh, jeez. How about this? Like I said, I'll take half a no flight card because micro heli, one flight, kind of pathetic. But hey, that that's all. That's what I got for this week for flying. Um, Have not been hitting the sim nearly as hard. In fact, I have zero hours to update to my last total. What is this sim you speak Dude, of? Dude, seriously. Wow. Yeah. What yeah, is buy anything? On, Jesse? Did you buy did, anything? Um nope, nope. Did not no buy. No fly, no buy, no sim. Dude, it's a what, half. Did no, you sell no anything? No, but I'm probably gonna trade a set of servos for a new spectrum transmitter. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez, dude. <laughs> I cannot bring myself to buy one. Yeah, that's so. Fair. It's like I gotta 
do something. I got an extra Dude, can't set you of buy servos like a sitting six around. I for like thirty five cents. Fifty bucks. Yeah, you know what's cents. funny? He broke my kid's DX six. Yeah, that, too. that's uh, that the part I of the story. gave to that's Nick's, Nick's kid. Yeah. Oh. But hey, just think this way: your kid didn't have to crash his airplane. That is very. I fair. got that out of the way. <laughs> So, you know, fair. you're not going to have any issues with that. But, yeah, I, I can't bring myself to buy a, a Spectrum can't blame radio. So Don't blame you. I'm, you know, probably going to try to trade something for one. That seems to be about the best option at this point. Um, Your dignity? For Yeah, for, to, <laughs> to maintain Your my respect. dignity. To maintain dignity, I'm going to have to trade something there for one. Nah, we'll, we'll send it in and get it fixed. That's one thing. You know, we might pitch them a lot of crap, but the the turnaround time. Sending stuff to Horizon to get it fixed. Fantastic. Fantastic. Very good. Absolutely. Yep. Well, you know, you know why that that is though. Uh oh. Because they practice a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesse. You know we were going hard on him. We're having fun. We we try to recover. Jesse brings us back. I'm down. just I'm just a little bummed right now. The mayonnaise goes on the inside of the sandwich. Jesse, not on the outside. Oh. That's not how I learned, but you know, each his own. Jesse does open face sandwiches. <laughs> open face. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> All right, moving on. That was a. Uh, so is that, that what was... you got? Is that your week? Yeah, I mean it's yeah it's it's been slow building up to last week. I didn't do much because literally every single night when I got home, I was just you know studying from when I got home to when I went to bed. So that's dude that. Sounds like you had a really good week. That's a very positive thing, and thank you for bringing that to us this week. That's awesome. Po- you know, I, positive. I'm, I like how he's pitching you crap about positive. That, no, that I'm, is I'm, ironic. I'm trying to change my outlook on everything's positive now. Oh, good. I got a knife in my really? ass. Oh, that's awesome. If you got <laughs> what? Hold on, bro. awesome. What? what? If you got any crunchier last week, you would have been like KFC oh. original recipe. You guys can bite me. Hmm. Hmm. That wasn't crunchy last week. Come on. Well. Not buying it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Shuts up. What, why don't you just go on and okay. prove to us that you're no longer crunchy yes. this week? So wow, what did you, you do? I didn't do anything this week. You didn't do anything? No, I flew a couple times. Yeah? Multi-rotors or real helicopters? I flew real helicopters, man. The weather's turning. It's finally, I'm able to go out and hang out outside without, you know, practically dying um so yeah i'm getting in several flights a day you know during that lunch hour and a half or two or however nice long I take. dude all nice. electric yeah the nitro still hanging in the trailer and here's so as you guys know i use my scooter and you guys saw where i fly mm-hmm. at work. As, as you drive behind the shop that's a low spot and of course, it's raining, it's snowing. The water's gathering. It's like driving through a small lake. Right. With my little scooter. You drove through that with your scooter. Absolutely. And then, but today it was a little different. It was no longer a lake, it was like four inches of soft mud. And I'm literally doing the scooter thing through that. That thing is incredible. That scooter rocks. I'm telling you, goes through the snow, ice, mud, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. So yeah, I'm getting back there uh, during uh, the middle of the day, and um, not getting you know four or five flights. Nothing, 
too crazy. Well, talk to us about them. How are they going? What what are we what are we doing in those? Flights? I'm actually pretty. I'm not real happy about it, and I got to tell you, I'm not trying to be crunchy there, Nick. <laughs> but I'm disappointed. Maybe that's a better word because I really feel like I've lost with those several months of not getting any flights in a lot. Yeah. So I'm, I can Sam. see that, dude. I mean, so it's uh, it's like um, I don't know. Any of you guys play any instruments? Used to. So Used there was to. a time when you were playing all the time, you know, and you could, you knew this song, that song, and you could just without even thinking about it. And then four years later, you pick up the guitar and you're like, and you're like, oh, I just, I know, I know how to play this, dude. But, but you can't. Yes. I used really, to be able to throw down on guitar. Now I'm not sure I'd know how to tune it. Exactly. Same thing. But fun. I'm having I I'm trying to not to I'm trying to focus on the on the proficiency stuff. I'm not I'm trying to really crack down on that and not just cuz you know you you start working on stuff and sometimes you just find yourself not doing that and just kind of doing whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Well, I think if you start and you know, start at the bottom of the proficiency thing. the The idea is that by the time you work yourself back up to those maneuvers that you are disappointed be that you couldn't do, you're going to be better, right. and then you're yes. not going to have that feeling anymore. And that's Absolutely. what I'm talking about. And that's uh, I did get one. I checked. I you know what? I checked it off. Screw having someone watch me do it. Checked it off. Which one? Take one off. one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. See. That's what Good I'm saying. You. If you're your worst critic, then check that shit off and move on. I actually feel like I could check most of level one off at this point. Um, working on a little, you know, I spent a lot of time working on that. We talked about it last week, the uh, left shoulder auto. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Getting that one down. So it's not as, I mean, I can do it, but it it uh, it's getting less and less. Uh, terrifying. Terrifying. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> word. There we go. Uh, feeling real comfortable with autos from the other side as I had in the past. But, you know, it's coming along. I, I, I'm I really thinking that uh, this proficiency is going to it's gonna put a little more discipline into what I'm doing. It feels a little bit like it's taken away from the fun a little bit. But I, you know, you, and let me, let me qualify that. It, I don't mean to say that it's not fun. But what I'm saying is by focusing on these, like you just said, Nick, when I get into levels two and three, those are going to be so much more easier and so much more fun. So I just really want to make sure that I get these nailed. So I'm just sticking with them. Um, And then the last flight is just kind of a free for all, just whatever. Um, And that's a good way to do it. I mean, do a couple disciplined ones and mix it up if it starts to get a little meh. Right. You know, have some fun. So I got a question for you. Huh. What's what's the plan for the summer? Are you going to, I mean, are you not going back to the field? No. Ever? Nope. It'll yeah. always be flying from work. Yep. Okay. What about, like, what about when you used to come on and be like, oh, yeah, you know, a couple of us were out at the field and just BSing, and don't you miss that camaraderie? I wouldn't have that anyway. Because Ed's not flying anymore. Yeah. See, that's a good point. But what about the all the other guys? They've like, all stopped flying helicopters. They're well, maybe all that's because, plankers. Maybe that's all just because, uh, I mean, everyone's taken the same attitude. 
If there's no one but to go out there to fly with. So Ed's selling his. Frank or uh, Fred. Frank. Fred doesn't have any anymore because he's crashed them all. Doesn't want to replace them. Do you feel that being at work is tempting? Like, is it? I mean, if you go out to the field, let's say you you take your your trailer. You know, you left your trailer at home because right now it's at work, which is quite a ways from your house. Right. So if your trailer's at home and you go out to the field, I mean, do you feel like it's too tempting to be at work and and all throw a set of packs on and do a little bit of work for a while 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 they're charging? I mean, do you feel like you're taking away from your quote unquote day at the field? Because those are pretty mentally rehabilitating. Yeah, right? and I think, okay, so I agree with you. One thing has to happen first. I have to reconcile my, uh, am I going to renew my AMA or not? Because that alone would keep me from flying at the field. Okay. Oh, it's really then a serious field. It's not just like a place where people go to fly models. No, it's an AMA field. Okay, I didn't realize that. It's kind of, I'm, I'm kind of coming to terms with that. Uh, I think, you know, Justin and I were talking in the middle of the week. Um, it might be time to take off the tinfoil hat. <laughs> I think that's probably fair. <laughs> uh, good. Yes. I actually was very impressed with the way the AMA handled themselves. And we're going to just do a quickly, and during the news, we're going to cover that a little bit. But... You know, I got to thinking about it, especially over the last couple of weeks, and I'm like, you know, that would keep me from going to the field should Ed express an interest, because he's keeping his 600 mm-hmm. to want to go flying again. Um, and I think, Nick, you're you're probably partially right. I've noticed that since I started working in Missoula and I've been flying where I work uh, starting last May... Um, the helicopter flying at my local field, which is seven miles from where I live, has pretty much died. Yeah. Uh, and that's not to say that they were only flying because I was there, but they were flying because I was there, and I was flying because they were there. Yeah, and that's, man, that's it's chicken soup for the soul. I mean, those those days out at the field where you go out there in the morning and the weather's just absolutely beautiful and you're sitting there in your chair you know in between flights soaking up some sun yeah you're you're gonna miss out on all that stuff because what are, i mean what are you gonna do at work uh let's be realistic you're gonna go back into the shop right mm-hmm. and do everything uh, hang out in the shop and then go back outside for your flight and then back in I just, I feel like come Monday morning when you go back to work, you're going to get this feeling like I'd probably guess you have right now, which is like, wow, I feel like I just left. Like I I, I was just here. Yeah. Well, I pretty much do live there. <laughs> There's yeah. no question. You spend so I, a lot of time there, dude. Yeah. Uh. Well, so back to the plan. Now, if I do re-up my AMA, what I would what I'm probably going to do is bring my trailer home every Friday, which is easy to do. And then, then I can go to the field here. Why not just leave the trailer at home and only keep, uh, you know, like your, keep your charging case, 
uh, maybe one heli and a couple set of packs at work and then leave your trailer well, at home. Well, that's a great idea, and I actually considered that, but the problem is I need to have my scooter at work, and I would have to bring my scooter back every Friday to go to the field. Uh, okay, I got you. Gotcha. So one way or the other, something's got to give. And I would have to take my truck on Friday anyway if I brought my scooter back because uh, I don't have a rack for my scooter for my cars. Yeah, that's that's true. And you're now that you're working, even, I mean, let's be realistic. Are you ever going to get home all the way from work in time to go out to the field and fly? Even no. in the summer? No, I didn't. I did a couple times last summer, but frankly, typically when I work all day, I don't have the energy to go to flying anyway yeah uh, but then when do you do your i mean when do you do your tinkering and your wrenching at work yeah that's a tough one too there's there's something to be said about that what i, I used to do is just do it at the field in my trailer yeah um i don't know i'll, I'll figure something out um, I, I i would consider it though because i think there's i think you're missing out on that it's i know how i feel anyway there is something another option which it would mean involving myself with a whole new group of people. There is a, an AMA uh, field about eight miles away from where I work. Oh. Oh, there you go. Um, so. Heli guys there? I, I've been, I did a couple, that's where I did my, um, when I did my uh, seminar-ish things for the, mm-hmm. that's where yep. I did them out of that field. Oh, okay. Um, I don't think there are a lot of helis guys there i don't well, i don't really know hey one's better than none <laughs> okay but along these lines and the ama aside dan here's my suggestion i think you're gonna have even more fun and get back into the swing of things even if all you're doing is practicing for the proficiency program if you bust out one of those nitros because yeah. there is nothing like burning nitro yeah. I mean, even if it's hovering there, you're going to be enveloped in awesomeness. <laughs> it's all those little pieces that create the soul. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the, the nitro's ready to go. It probably needs a going over because it hasn't flown since last November. But or... it, it's it's ready, right? Like, it, it's not crashed. No, it's hanging up on the wall. Winterized. Do it, dude, next week you better mm. come back in 176 <laughs> yeah. and tell us you've flown nitro. I got, the, uh, I got to take the motor out and clean it because I... Loaded it with automatic transmission fluid, but... Oh, that's okay. I uh, should be good to go. No, that's about it for me, guys. How are you so, doing on sim before we go? What is this sim you speak of? Okay, <laughs> never mind. Go, Nick. Did you buy did anything? I, did I buy something this week? I, I might have. You know what? As memory serves, I think I did buy something this week, actually. Yeah, now that you mention it. What'd you buy? I bought a JR Forza. What? What? (laughs) Yeah. Seriously? Seriously. It'll be here on Tuesday. Okay. Well, there goes the nitro idea. The little in or the big in? The big in. Oh, the 700? 700. Nice, dude. See, there's, there's a little bit of that, Dan, back, too. I've, that, I sense that skip in your when step. When was the last time you actually bought a helicopter? Uh, December of 13. Wow. Or no, it was January, somewhere in there, of 14. It was the beginning of 14. I bought the Rush. 
But was the rush before or after the Goblin 500? Oh, that, no, it was after because I bought the. Yeah. yeah, I bought the Goblin 500 the summer of 13. Gotcha. Well, yeah. good for you. Sweet, dude. Yeah. So I ordered some blades. I ordered some servos. Oh. Wow. I've decided I was going to just tear down one of my other helis, but I just decided I didn't want to do that. Good boy. Atta boy. More's better. Yeah. So, you know, I I might use a couple parts off of it, but uh like uh ESE, but I don't want to pull the servos out of it out of the other heli. You know, something like an ESC that sits right on top. It's not that big of a deal to re- replace mm-hmm. down the line. But, um, yeah, pretty excited about that. Woot. Nice. nice. It uh, should be in maybe Monday, but most likely Tuesday. By golly, I think we're getting Dan back. <laughs> Breathing some fresh air into them lungs. i uh pretty excited to build a new heli. It's been a while. It's It's weird. What's, What's weird? weird about it? Yeah. Well, it's just uh, I'm in the same boat. I've owned a lot of stuff, but well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. You finish up. That uh, that about wraps it up. You know, I um, looking forward to posting some pictures next week of uh, Forza built. Kind of excited about it because it's different from anything you guys have. Yep. You know, it's um, it's not a goblin. It's not a goblin. So and it doesn't it, suck. It's kind of goblin-esque, but it doesn't have to be if I don't want it to be. That's right. And it won't uh, be after you crash you it the like first nut, time. Some Sometimes days you, you don't. don't. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm looking for... I I got. I, it, I didn't buy this, but we bought this at work. Um, some JR radios, X, X11s. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to play around with one of those as well. See nice. How they, see how they feel. Could you could you be swayed from the Futaba? I... I, you know what? To be honest, I couldn't tell you yes one way or the other because I'm going in, going into the X11 with an open mind. Because what the hell is up with you? No, see the yeah. deal is the deal is <laughs> who are you and what did you do? Mind. Mind. I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I Quick, didn't buy this. Come up with a topic that he can get pissed about. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't buy this radio, but there's we have a few coming in. You bought you bought the heli, but you didn't buy the radio. You right, were saying. so I get to play. Obviously, I get to play with the radio, and I will put it on the heli. Uh, put the Futaba on first, but eventually I'll play with the X11 on the heli, or one of the helis anyway. Well, good for you, sweet and, uh, dude. So we'll see. I don't know. I've I've never held an X11. Have you guys? I, I'd have. I mean, I don't particularly I care for the way they look. It feels pretty darn good. I. Uh, I got to hold uh, what was it the XG14 at Urcha? Yep, which is oh. just a bigger version or bigger more channels than the 11. Of the 11, Dan. For me, the way I hold it was, I would go so far as to say the perfect ergonomical fit, the most perfect one I've ever picked up and just held in my hand. It's kind of an expensive radio. Wait a minute. Is this the original Transformer radio? No, no. No, no, that was no. the 11X. Mm-mm. Well, this is the X11. So you're telling me JR made two completely different radios and only switched the number and the letter? I might be mistaken on the... Is on it the, the 11X or the 11 I think it's the 14-channel one. 
XG14. Yeah. XG14. Okay, that's the, that's one, the one we held at Urcha. It's yeah, awesome. And that one, oh my gosh. Like I do I would I could not I could pinch and not fly that with a neck strap. That's how good it felt hmm. in my hands. Hmm. Yeah. Here we go. We're we're heading remember, down a slippery slope. No, I remember for me, uh something for you or that for was, Nick. For me. Not for me, yeah. I remember something for me was the receivers were really friggin' expensive, if I remember rightly. The radios are expensive as well. Uh, seven hundred and fifty bucks or something like that. Oh, hmm. We'll see. Well, let us know. Yeah. Oh, I think we're all curious. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll do that. I'm looking forward to trying it out. We'll see. So that wraps it up for me. It's uh, been a pretty intense week, actually. So I mean, I'm really excited <laughs> to get a new alley. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, and you started off like, nothing. I don't really do nothing. <laughs> I'll pry that crap right out of you, man. <laughs> you gotta, wow. I got to tell you, I, I struggled so hard. I didn't want to say anything, but I was talking to Nick. Was it last night, Nick, or the night before? I can't remember, but... I just couldn't. I couldn't. I was. I didn't want to say anything that I bought a heli, but I was so damn excited. I had to say something. I was going to hold off and tell everybody <laughs> at once on the show. You just got to let it out. In a world where 22 degrees of pitch just doesn't cut it, one tool, all setups, all sizes, all brands. Soko Heli Tools, a unique setup methodology. Soko Heli Tools, coming to a web page near you at www.soko-heli-tools.com. Set up different and Soko your heli. Took delivery of my 570. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Sweet. And I love it. Thanks again, uh, Kyle at Rotary Wing, for getting that out to me. I am so excited, man. This is, uh, we were all kind of laughing about it. I have owned a lot of helicopters. I have owned very few uh, brand new helicopters. And... We can all laugh together. This is my fourth goblin, <laughs> and yet the first goblin that I have ever built. How about that? Nice. So this was, uh, it was a nice little treat. Um, man, fast. So fast going together. Holy cow. I sat down one night and put, I don't know, two, three hours into it. and They're the fastest helis I've ever built. They and I don't were, build anything fast. No, so you trust do not. me. <laughs> if Justin says it's fast, yeah. No, I've I've been um, just super happy with the build so far. I, I don't, uh, you know, the last ones that I have had have always. I, I've never f- seen the the new es or battery tray setup. So I was like, oh hey, wow, this is actually really stinking cool all my 700s that i had before 
were uh, the older style. So I'm I'm digging it, man. I'm really excited. I still need to get, uh, let's see, packs. I think that's all I have to order left is some packs, which I will do probably this week sometime. Uh, what else did I do? Uh, I got the I got the 500 swap. Oh, Delrin dampers. I went Delrin dampers out of recommendations from everyone on both helis. So I ordered a couple sets of those. Got those put in, and I got the 500 swap back over to the V-Bar. So hopefully tomorrow, which would be Saturday, I'll get a couple flights in on that. And then, uh, you know, it has been so long, I also got informed that it was like almost a year since I have done any sort of a flight video. So I think I'm going to attempt to do a flight video tomorrow. Which will probably be pretty bad because of how little we've been flying. But I kind of don't set care. The, set the bar low and you will exceed it. Yeah, well, that, yeah. that's <laughs> that kind of what that I'm was thinking purposeful. at it. Yeah. No, I, I feel like I want to do one at the beginning of the season. To where I can go back and look towards the end after we do all the proficiency stuff. And go, wow, I, I can really see it in my flight. How much better I got. So... As you can tell, I'm fighting a cold <laughs> really bad, but uh, that's all right. It, it's it's supposed to be nice tomorrow. Sunshine will help. Yes, sunshine and flying cure just about anything for me. Past that, uh, I can't think of anything else. I got two flights in this week at lunch, which was very uneventful. Zero sim time, which is bad. Dude, I know, I know. This whole study and this whole study and stuff for the potentially the new job is kind of it's really putting a damper on my sim time. But and we're working on some stuff here that's with the podcast that's taking up some time. But that's all right. I feel a really good. I'm feeling some good momentum. The new heli just does it. You know, it, it just, it breathes, Dan, just like you, it breathes so much life into you and you just get this excitement all over again and, and having the, the outlook of some good weather for once. It's like, I'm not, yeah, I'm feeling it. I'm having a good time. Yeah. I mean, you think about it, dude, Othello is right around the corner. <laughs> you yep. I mean? Yeah. It's pretty much almost March. So we are what? A Nine or ten weeks away. Yeah. Yeah. Better get on it. That's it. Holy crap. That's scary. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like, Dude. I want to say 12 or 13. That means the season's going to be over soon. Don't shut up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nick, did you buy anything? Uh, Well, oh, did I buy anything? Did I buy anything? Yeah, I did. How about this? Pinstriping. <laughs> what? Yeah. No, I'm serious. Okay, so I put the picture up of the 570, and I bought the gray and white one. Everyone was like, dude, so pumped. That color. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> like, everyone was thinking, are you absolutely insane for buying that? 
living in the Northwest. In the and it Pacific was all the, Northwest. Yeah, yep. all the Northwest guys were like, well, that one's a goner. You idiot. Yeah. But. Um, <laughs> that one's a goner. <laughs> someone that, uh, you know, we got to talk to at OHB, John Cook. He posted a picture up. He's like, what did he say? Something like six bucks in pinstriping. Awesome. And what he did with Justin's canopy was he took all of the white pinstriping on the canopy and he literally went to like AutoZone and got some red pinstriping and went over it, over the top of it. And he put a picture up of it. It looks sick, like really nice. I asked him how the pinstriping was holding up and he said perfectly fine. So I ordered some orange pinstriping. Now, why orange? Well, because black, gray, white, orange are CHN colors, baby. There you go. Yeah. So I'm going to do, um, I'm going to pinstripe the canopy in the boom with some orange. And then I might even add some orange onto the bottom of the skids where they have the white vinyl on the skids. Mm-hmm. Yep, the little, little stripes of, down there. Yep, the little stripes at the bottom. I think I'm going to go ahead and uh, maybe put a little bit of orange down there if I need it. We'll see. But uh, yeah, now you man. need orange tail blades and orange main blades. <laughs> so get so this. halo, dude. No, no, no. Get this. I they make black line. Oh yeah, they do the sab blades. They do black with orange. See, this was all a planned out thing. Well, you just got to make sure that you like the the black line SABs. I've heard a lot of good stuff about them, but I have high hopes for them because and they will be the they will be on my first after I get some batteries and get it up on the air, those will be coming very quickly for it because like I mentioned before, the originals, not a fan of the original blades, but with the tip profile on the black lines, I feel like and and all the feedback that I've heard I feel like they'll they'll be a great combo. And I would prefer to run SAB blades on it as long as I like them and just kind of keep it all original and stock. Yeah, yeah. I think that's it. Sweet, dude. That leaves you. So I guess it's me. Then there was I got flying in. Last Sunday, I actually got out to the field. It was beautiful. It was like in the 60s. Couldn't believe it. Hardly any wind. Well, actually, it started out a little bit windy, but it ended up calming down. So no big deal at all. I think I got like seven or eight flights in. And this time I did it a little bit more focused. I was still working on getting the CG set up correctly on the Diablo speed. So I didn't bring that one out. I just brought out the 770 and the TDR. But since two days prior, when I flew on Friday... I had swapped out the TDR normal canopy for the unpainted speed canopy that I've had sitting around, which is basically just a, a more narrow profile. It's not a full fuselage. It's a Jenny Craig version. Yeah, exactly. Jenny Craig. <laughs> and popped the GPS on that and got a, a number of really good speed runs in. First of all, I can definitely tell the difference between the normal canopy and the speed canopy. Really? Yes. Without a doubt. It tracks much better, dude, with the speed canopy. Interesting. It, I mean, it's noticeable on the sticks. 
Secondly, I can notice it in the speed measurements. So I actually had one flight with some really good runs and the max run, I sustained 225 kilometers an hour for like six seconds, five, six seconds. That's 139. Dude. That is solid, nice. dude. That's getting fast. Yes. Nice. And this is just a 14S TDR. I mean... Just a 14S TDR. Just yeah. running 2,700 RPM. With, with, with a stock Contronic Pyro. It's not even a competition one. That is pretty fast, though. I yeah. Mean, that's moving. For just regular off-the-shelf components. Yeah, absolutely. Now... Here's the kicker. My 14S packs right now have been these Pulse 4500s, right? And maybe you guys remember back during the battery testing that I ran into some issues with a previous set of Pulses, which were my 12Ss on the Goblin Speed. I think it was the second or third flight of the day on the TDR. I go out there and put up a couple of runs and in my third pass, I notice it sounds a little bit quieter. So I immediately bring it in and it's ramping down in RPM. And if, if you don't know how the Cosmic does it on a low voltage cutoff, which teaser or spoiler rather, that's what it was. It slowly drops down in like 5% throttle increments to 50% when you do the, the 50% cutoff. So I get it back down on the ground, go and look at the at the log, and sure enough, the battery dropped like dropped out by twelve or so volts down to the forty two volt low voltage cutoff limit, and decided to shut the ESC down. Uh, this Ouch. is the same thing that happened on the last set of pulse packs on the Goblin Speed, and what's What's How weird, many flights do you think you got on these? I'd say I've got only about 50, maybe. 50 max. And I wasn't getting into any indications in the IR in the, the last, say, 10 or 15 flights that would have suggested I was going to have a problem. But sure enough, I mean, it was the exact same signature. It was probably 180, 190 amp peak. So not like 250 amps, right? It, it wasn't a heavy-handed thing with the sticks. It was a pretty typical run. And the battery voltage dropped out significantly. So I think I just killed another set of pulse packs. And I think I may have just killed my last set of pulse packs. Because it's not worth the money if I'm going to kill them every 50 flights. So that was a bit of a bummer, and I guess that means I've got a, I don't know. Right now I'm running the 770 on 12S because it's my dedicated proficiency heli. So there's no need to have a 14S system when I'm hovering and doing, you know, simple precision stuff. So we'll see. I don't know. That was a little frustrating. Did get some more flying in on the 770. Had a lot of fun with that. I'm pretty damn confident I can check off all of one and most of two. Still haven't been doing it, though, even though I was flying with people. But I'll tell you something I'm not going to check off. That's auto rotations. It's been a while. Not sure why. (laughs) 
Jack Hammer. Uh, I used Jack to. Hammer. Oh, no, we didn't even get that far. <laughs> it, I used to do autos pretty much at least one or two at the end of every flight. And for whatever reason, I don't know why. Maybe it's the speed thing. I've been doing more of that lately. The, yeah, you can't auto skinny skids, Chuck. And, well, well I could auto okay. the speed helis fine, but it, it's the, the key is the auto part. Oh. All right. So let me paint the picture. The 770 swinging 753 <laughs> wide cord blades. It weighs 12 and a half pounds. That's pretty damn floaty, right? Mm-hmm. I go up for an auto, hit the uh, hit the throttle hold, and I'm I'm doing my thing, you know, maintaining head speed, and then I go to adjust the pitch angle a little bit, and I'm like, whoa, that's it's weird. The heli's not going in the direction that I want it to go. I was getting all mixed up with cyclic, like I don't know what was going through my head, but the heli looked <laughs> like a freaking retarded drunk dolphin kind of humping up and down in the air as it was falling <laughs> so towards so the ground. Specific. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The wow. guys behind me are like, whoa. <laughs> so I bailed out, tried it a second time, not much better. And I just landed laughing. And I'm like, okay, I guess I need to work Found on Found a hole. <laughs> Found. But yep. Yep. Found a weakness. There's a chink in the armor. <laughs> wow. So. We'll have to get back to those, and I—I I mean, I've been doing them on the sim. I don't, I don't know what it was. Maybe I just psyched myself out mentally. I mean, that's sure. definitely possible. Maybe you just haven't. I mean, seriously, go back. When was the last time you went out and shot a flight of autos? Probably six months, six or eight yeah. months. That's it's been a, a long, long time, time dude. Man. Yeah, and you're not like. Yeah, like you're not like me where every single flight I end with two. Well, I usually, I used to, I used to. Now I haven't been. You're right. And that's what's been killing me. Long story short, I got to get back to autos. Yeah, there will be no air humping. No, <laughs> it was it was actually pretty funny. I wish I could have videotaped it because I'm looking at my own heli like, what the fuck is it doing? Seriously, who's doing that? <laughs> So I got a question for you, Justin. Yes. Uh, kind of backtracking a little bit. You, you, what, what were the speeds you talked about a bit ago? One thirty something. One thirty nine. Two twenty five is one thirty nine. Okay. Yeah. How does that hold up on a competitive? I mean, where is that in comparison to what these guys are doing on a competitive level? I mean, is it's that it's close? pretty darn good, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, that would uh, be because for that heli with that setup that's not the open class is it yeah it's open class on 14s so that that would be you know i'd have to check last year's results dan i think the open class winners were in the hot well the winner was 145 or 146 and then the the second place came in at 142 and the third was at 140 Now, you know, as you get higher up, and you guys know this, like with racing actual cars, the higher up you get, the harder it is to get those extra few miles per hour. Right. So 139 to 145 isn't as easy as just saying, oh, it's only six more miles per hour. But, yes. But it's still close. It's not like... It's close. And there's probably a little bit 
of error given that it's the GPS. But with this being Doppler, it should be within plus or minus one mile per hour. What the big kicker is, Dan, honestly, is that my GPS doesn't care how straight and precise a line I fly, right? Mm -hmm. But the way that the speed cup measures is you have to nail the gates in a very narrow window so it sees your heli when you come into the course and when you exit the course, which means no longer can you just rely on kind of pointing it in the right direction and nailing it. You've got to get the same speed and precision, but over a 20 or 30 foot window of height and distance out in front of mm. you. So Ooh. with that, yeah, with that in, in hand, you know, I may need to on the fly during the cup do some adjustments of my course to make sure that I hit the, the speed gates. And in making those adjustments, I'm going to lose speed. So I'm not there yet. I got a long way to go, but I'm surprised you're not flying the the speed turd more, the Banshee. I mean the the Diablo? Or yeah, the Diablo, excuse me. Well, I, I I'm mean, not, dude, because I need to CG it. I have to put like almost a pound. No, a little less than a pound of lead weight in the nose. To get it to CG nose forward. Okay. So you bought one of the most single most expensive helicopters out there and you have to add lead to it? Yes. Don't ask. It yeah. is it is Just what it is. It, it I, I agree with you. It's it's surprising to me. I think it's surprising to a lot of people. But when I talk to my fellow fifty you like like that? Fellow fifty? Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, when I talk to them, they all tell me the same thing. Yeah, I, depending on the pack, they had to add between 100 and 300 grams. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, haven't gotten around to epoxying lead into my really expensive helicopter yet, and that's why. <laughs> I would struggle with that, so. It'll happen. Now. You guys were talking about new helicopters, and they are very exciting. And I thought I was going to have a new helicopter this week when I opened my awesome bag of drivetrain parts for the KDS Chase 360. Ah, the Ricky Martin heli. Yes. And, alas, it is not a new heli. In fact, it has not progressed any further from where it was when I took it apart two weeks ago because the first three bags of parts that I opened don't actually fit in the helicopter. <laughs> like as in you ordered like the 5.5 parts? I don't know what happened. No, as in I ordered the secondhand non-quality control uh, parts. You ordered Monday or Friday parts. Yes, that's exactly uh. it. There is a, there's a pulley that has a central shaft that's supposed to slide into another pulley kind of like the main shaft on an auto rotation hub something along those lines but mm -hmm. it's a motor pulley okay mm -hmm. that shaft slides in and then it's supposed to be pinned kind of like a mini jesus bolt well the pin does not go all the way in in fact i can't even get it to the threads well after a bit of inspection it turns out it's because the hole in the central shaft is cocked at an angle. 
So it goes in one side, but by the time it's followed that angle on the internal shaft, it's banging into the walls on the other side. That is incredibly aggravating to me. So you ordered two of these and they both did the same thing? No, I ordered one of those. And then I've had challenges with other stuff like the auto rotation gear, the CNC auto rotation gear that is wobbly right out of the bag. That's another cool one. In fact, you can place it down on the table and see light between it and a piece of glass in some portion of the gear and not in others. So what do you think is going to happen when you're driving your tail with that? <laughs> I'm losing my sense of humor. Uh, <laughs> you said this was the last. I love this freaking helicopter. I love it. I love the way it looks. I love the way it flies when it flies, at least of late. I love, love that I don't flew. have to take the bat the canopy off to put the batteries in. I love how cheap the parts are, but I cannot deal with this kind of crap. I, I got mean, no time for that. KDS has such an awesome design. The designer Glenn Kimpton, who actually I've become pretty good friends with, we talk quite often. He did an amazing job. He really did. But it seems like KDS is still having challenges with quality control, which he has nothing to do with. Uh, but I, I, I don't know, guys. I'm, I'm struggling with this one. I really am. So what are you going to do to remedy it, to make it right? What are you going to do? Well, I'm going to try to go and do some, I don't know, probably bust out the drill and do my own machining and see if I can make it right. And if it doesn't fly okay, then... I've got to seriously consider trading it for another 360 because I need this size in my fleet. It is it is permanent now. So I can't just get rid of it and move on. Uh, hmm. Killing me. That I don't even know what to say. Sucks, dude. Yeah, it does, dude. It's you know, it would be one thing if the heli sucked. Then I wouldn't feel so bad, but it's frustrating when it's a quality control thing. Good thing is they they can fix it right eventually, but hmm. whatever. So I didn't take a no fly. I do take a no buy. I don't think I bought anything this week. Oh, I did buy something. I bought a gigantic bull nutsack. <laughs> oh my god it will huh. be at my home probably in the next few days <laughs> yep the trophy is coming together so is jesse gonna 3d print some stuff for it or what what uh what do you guys actually doing? yeah we we should yeah. we should talk a little bit jesse off you know yeah, yeah. definitely yep i can tell you right now i've seen the picture of this thing and it is just one hundred percent inappropriate. It's disgusting. I, I mean, it is disgusting, <laughs> inappropriate. I cannot believe you are saying this, dude. I don't think it's inappropriate. I just think it's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, it is absolutely. I can. Well, I, okay. How about this? It is the best motivation for me to never 
get that trophy because there's no way well, that thing guess what set. buddy you're not doing all that well because the sim time is the competition was it this no yeah. i thought it was the proficiency no it was thing. it is not the proficiency program it's the sim time what yeah no it's not it absolutely is says who yeah go dude, back you and have, listen you have three on one go back and listen I thought the sim was just like a bonus resolution that was a, thing. That was a bonus thing, dude. It's on the proficiency. No, yeah, I'm absolutely. pretty sure it's the sim. I think you're, I think you're mistaken. Think you're, okay, yeah. well, we'll have to check. I think you're taken for a miss. Yeah, cuddle up. But if it, uh, if it motivates you, then that's perfectly fine. Yeah, you go purchase a Snuggie and you and your nutsack and just sit there. That's and what I was going to say. Together. I, I'm kind of concerned because it took him this long to pick that thing out. That's a lot of late nights looking at balls. <laughs> and I had to choose the correct set of balls, Jesse. I'm a little concerned. A These time. balls spoke to me. I'm a little concerned this year. Yeah. yeah. These are the balls for us. Yeah. Well, yep. These are our balls. That's right. They're called Big Balls. The the bully bag. Uh, that's the brand. <laughs> oh. Yep. Sacco well, del are... Toro. <laughs> what? All right. I want, I want no part in this. <laughs> you like it. No comment. Let's do you some like news. It. Wait a minute. Think? I thought I had something else. Oh, did you? What'd you have? No buy, no fly, no sell. Darn. I guess I don't have anything. Oh, <sighs> Meh. Okay. Fine. Move on. Who's time? You ready for this? Yes. to you by the legendary Burt Kammerer. BK Servo is proud to present to you its new line of cordless micro cyclic and mini tail servos. When you don't want to compromise on performance but are looking for an affordable high voltage servo to keep your 360 class heli locked in no matter what you throw at it, look no further than the BK DS3001 HV cyclic servos. Designed specifically to handle the rigors of today's 360 to 380 millimeter models, the BK DS3001 HV High Torque Cyclic Micro Servos will keep you connected. And for amazing tail performance, look no further than the BK DS5005 HV Mini High Speed Tail Servo, which will hold through the worst that you can throw at BK Servo. Coming to a 360-class heli near you. This week's news is brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. What do we got for news this week, Nick? Uh, Gowie has released some boom covers. You know, we had talked about the one for the X7, now we've got one for a couple of my do believe for the X7 and for the X3. Uh, I'm going to compliment sandwich this and say that the X7 ones look clean. 
They do. I think they fit. I love the whole. I, I just love the the canopies of the X7s. I always have. I think the boom covers follow a good line, whether you know we think they're purposeful or not. It's kind of beside the point. The X3 has got to be the single most funny looking thing I have ever seen. <laughs> this is like. Mm, this is almost right there with uh oh, what was the one? Come on, help me out. You cannot be comparing this to the Condor, dude. Oh, absolutely. No. I am. This no. is the 450 Condor oh, right no here. Way, All the way dude. back to the Condor. This does not look much different than the new Thunder Tiger V3. No, this looks like say. the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah, so does the Thunder Tiger. So does the Thunder Tiger. But it's That's a shark Quasimodo's. The other one is kind of like a shark fin. It's like a, it's, yeah. it's like a stabilizer. No, dude, this you're telling like you cancer. that you're telling yourself that because you own two <laughs> Thunder Tigers. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, from the other person, nope. from the other perspective, they're all in the nope. same same boat. It doesn't really? look as good as the X7, but it doesn't look horrible. Uh, really? It's it's a little too chop. It the the canopy, the X3 canopy does not flow into the boom. Yeah, no, and I love that. The, I agree with you, Jesse. That's really and the, that's the biggest. Where the, that's challenge. where it comes from. Yeah, yep. that's where the choppiness comes Very from. Very not flow together because I love the. Uh, I actually really like the look of the X3 and the X3 canopy by itself, but this has got no flow, like none whatsoever. Ugh. It's got a cancer. It's good. It's a tumor. Is what it is. It does. It does. Yeah, it looks went like there. the hunchback of Notre Dame. All right. Anyway, on to the next one. So you know, we announced that Blade was coming out with the 360 CFX, which if you guys haven't seen it, you really should check it out. Uh, you know, there's. All right. I'll I'll bring this up uh, because I think that it does need to be brought up. I think people are kind of nervous. They're still a little bit bitter about the Pro Series stuff. You know, they bought it a year later. It was out. And, and you know, they, it, people are still bitter about that. And I've seen a lot of comments, uh, you know, when, when the guys, the team guys have shared, oh, check out the 360 CFX. The comments have been pretty brutal. Yeah, how long is this one going to, when is this one going to be discontinued? Um, You know, my hopes are, Blade came into this hobby doing the micro thing. They have done the small helis. They have had, I mean, okay, my, I mean, dude, I had a Blade 400. Flew the ever-living snot out of that thing. Uh, the 450s, 450Xs, they've been around for a while. I I legitimately feel like, uh, like I don't think it's going to be an issue. If this was a 500 or a 600, I would be hesitant, big time. But I feel like this is their, this is their top size. That this is their bread and butter. I yeah, mean, it, it is. They it do really small is. helis. That's it. They do. This is their thing, and they've done them. Uh, I'm not going to say competitively well, as far as like you. It's not you know. It, it, this is not like a, a Goblin 380 or, or anything like that. But you know, while there was a lot of design features, regardless of whether they discontinued it or not, within the 700X that were freaking awesome. 
I mean, the servo layout was great. That really was, in my opinion, it was a great helicopter for the dollar. It still is. So seeing that they implemented so much of that stuff in the 360, and then now, just for addition for cool factor, they've got a three-blade conversion out. It's like nice. it's a, right about a hundred bucks comes with the head, set of blades, the whole deal. I guess with the seventy two hundred BX, it is bolt on. Like you don't even have to change a single setting. That's I, I feel like it's a safer gamble. How about that? I mean, I, I think for a hundred bucks, if you want to try three blade, you're not gonna. I mean, geez, three, three blade oh, conversions yeah. on any. All the models out there are just ridiculously expensive. The blades are more than a hundred bucks. Yeah, exactly. So, I like where this is going. I hope that other other companies go down the three di- blah, the three blade path for these three sixty class helis because I I think like you're saying, Nick, for a hundred hundred and twenty five bucks with blades, you cannot beat that. I mean, for people who are serious about the hobby, a hundred bucks is not that big of a deal, and it gets you the opportunity to check out that new setup. Yeah, and what you know, a lot of the comments because I've re- you know I've been talking to a lot of guys about this whole three blade thing. Okay, do I try it? Do I try it? Do I try it? Because from a person who you know, I try to take the more generally speaking, <laughs> maybe not as of late, but you know, I I try to take an economical approach to stuff. Uh, is it really worth it? Is it worth it to try? Is it worth it to spend that money? And the, and the comment that pops up a lot is the stability and the accuracy of the cycling, right? The stability. Everything is just, it's so much more solid. So much more, those bobbles are, are gone. You can be a lot more aggressive with it and it's just more solid and stable. I feel like in a 360 class, any advantage you can get in stability is going to be more awesome than it would be like in a 700 class because it's already a smaller heli so Mm -hmm. anything you can do to make these things more stable or more precise is going to make it even that much more worth it and then when you consider the cost factor being the lowest out of all i would definitely try it i mean no question would i give it a shot so I would say just check it out with an open mind, um, you know, do some reading on it and, and make your own judgment. But I know there's going to be some some bitterness toward it, and I, I think that's fair. But this is, like Justin said, I think you said it the best. This is their bread and butter. This is what they do, and they do yep. it pretty darn good. All right, so this one we were, yeah, we were kind of messing around with this and looking at it. I haven't dug into it too much. I'm getting it. Don't. Getting- <laughs> I'm getting it. We okay, don't even know so, what you're talking about. End of I want story. It. Heli X Simulator version six is now released. Now this is. I didn't even know about this sim. Okay, so they come out with this big update, and now you know, and so we're all kind of scrolling down the list. Okay, better graphics engine, better shadows. Uh, animations of the parts, retractable gear. Oh, okay, okay, all right, here we go. And then it's like, oh, Mac compatible. 
Alright. Okay, you've got my attention now. Let's go check out the models. Oh my god. There is a ton of stuff. Like, all name brand stuff here. And, uh, I gotta tell you. This is probably your only shot at flying a Mostro that you're ever going to have. <laughs> this is, this is, good. This is <laughs> it. I mean, this is it right here. Yeah, if this sim didn't make it, we'd all be screwed. We'd never have the chance. Yeah. No, seriously, there is a ton of models in this. The graphics look great. I haven't flown it. Uh, I have not flown it yet. It says free trial, full feature. I got my little... I'm not ashamed. I got my little seven eight dollar uh, Hobby King USB adapter uh, for the 10J. I am gonna give this a shot. I'm like, for the record, I'm loving uh, the next sim. Like, I have no complaints about it. The Mirko C logo. People been asking me, "What do you do to that?" Nothing. I just like the tail rate and the cyclic rate, and that's it. Uh, drop the expo down, and I'm really happy with how that flies. But I mean, hey. You know, I don't know. Justin, did we ever figure out how much this costs to buy? Yeah, it's 50 euros, which is about 60, 65 dollars, I think. Dude, that's nothing. And it, I mean, so here's the deal. I looked at some videos and I almost instantly forgot I was watching a sim. The Goblin Speed hmm. video that they do looks so realistic, it's crazy. Now, I, you know, we'll have to see if it looks that well when I put it on my computer, if my computer can handle it, because I'm sure that was on a super machine with full-on graphics, but still, it looks really damn good. And for those of you who are interested, they even have 250 FPV quads and specific maps, like an indoor underground parking garage, stuff like that, where you actually have obstacles now that you can fly in Dang with it. the FPV quad. Dan's in. Dan's in. Now nah, I'm not buying another simulator. <laughs> I don't want any part in this. None of you guys are actually using the simulator, so of course not. Oh, shut your face hole. It's just one week. Two weeks, dude. Two weeks. Okay, two weeks. All right. Point taken. Yeah, it's not just it's not like you have, you know, some moral authority here when it comes to uh dogging us about not using the sim dude i am reborn again are you hey, hey, yeah that's what i forgot in my section i'm at eight hours and 20 minutes bitches oh jeez i've got some ketchup hey, dude there's a 7hv nitro jesse what is your shot at flying one? Oh, there we go don't even have to make it myself yep <laughs> wow well i don't know yeah there's a ton of models though she's going through these great yeah, great. Maybe that maybe this is the year for sim trying, not flyby system <laughs> trying. See, yeah. there you go. Maybe yeah. we just got what I was going to consistently switch around. We thought it was flybarless systems, but it'll probably just be sims. Well, hey, whatever. Whatever keeps it fresh. Uh, let's see. What else do we got on here? Let me flip back over here. Um, so we got that. That is all yeah, that's all I got for news. Kind of a slow week. All right, I've got some news. This is regarding the most recent FAA announcement. Did you guys hear about this? 
Hell yes, I it's, heard about it's it. It's kind of yep. interesting because we had a really good discussion last week. And and actually, I don't know about you guys, but I got some really good listener Generated feedback. Generated a lot of feedback. Yeah, a lot of positive listener feedback on that discussion. So there are still a lot of people out there, even if they're just pod and boomers, that are interested about how this is going to affect things. Okay, so... Bottom line is that days after we recorded that show last Friday, the FAA released a proposed rulemaking uh, for public comment the way it typically works, right? So they have to allow it to uh, be commented on for, I believe it's 30 days, is it, Dan? 60. It's 60. Okay. Now. This is a regulatory action or a proposed regulatory action on small unmanned aerial systems, so UASs as they've been calling them, to operate for non-hobby or non-recreational purposes. Okay, In a nutshell, what that means is they're talking regulations for commercial UAVs. Now, you can read through the link that I'm going to give you on the show notes it's huge. It's, it is. It's the actual rulemaking document itself. Um, but if you get through that, there are some highlights down towards the bottom. And what those highlights consist of, before we talk about the commercial side of this, is that uh, this is not a regulation against hobby or recreational use. Fantastic. Yep. That is what we've been waiting for, guys. Now, the FAA, at least as far as I've read, and maybe you got further, Dan, the FAA has not precluded the possibility of future regulation, but they have explicitly stated that at this time, this proposed rulemaking only applies to commercial, and they do not currently have any intention of regulating hobby or recreational use. Good. It's the best. Yeah, when. it's actually surprising, and um, it's a relief because it's it's so it's so reasonable, you know, on for both sides, it's in, it's incredible. The only people who might not particularly be happy about what's being done are the FPVers. There's not a lot of love for FPV. Well, and and in fact, this as I've read through it so far, is completely silent on that. It still maintains that it is formally, officially illegal right. and that's to fly what I mean. FPV. And that's kind of what it boils down to. They're not, right now as it stands, formally it's illegal to do FPV. Uh, they do state, for commercial guys, first-person view won't be allowed. However, they are taking, um, they are willing to seek comment on that to see if there are special circumstances where that could be allowed. For the hobbyists, though, I, I don't look. It's not going to stop you, these guys because, frankly, they're not hurt, hurting anybody. They're they're barely flying ten feet above the ground. They're doing it on a closed circuit course, right? They're so. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't worry about it, to be honest with you. Uh, but th- this is great. It's uh, it's so it's so refreshing to see some reasonable regulation, and I uh, 
another reason to take off the tinfoil hat. I think that we can kind of rest, still pay attention, but realize that things are going much better than perhaps a large majority of the industry considered it was going to go. So, Yeah, this is huge. It really is. I agree. Guys, get out there and educate yourselves on this. This uh, this rulemaking stuff is moving really fast. And I think this is going to open up a whole new set of proposed changes from the FAA. If you read into the depths of this document, they basically go over the history of where they started back in 2005 on approach to regulating... Uh, small unmanned aircraft and they walk through the evolution of it they make note of the rapid evolution of that sector of the rc uh, industry if you will Um, and they talk about how they're willing to remain flexible and uh, put together a set of rules that make it low sufficiently low risk on the national aerospace or airspace but without over-regulating the general public. So it feels like somehow they have woken up and realized, wow, you know, this the industry's growing super fast. We can't just heavy-handedly shut this down all in one fell swoop. We got to work with the people and figure out what makes the most sense. And they actually even say in their, their, uh, somewhere in that document, that they understand the rapid development and they do not want to hinder the technology. Mm -hmm. So that's a, that's a, that's a great Hmm. statement from a government agency. So good job. Thanks to, I got to say thanks to the AMA. I don't know how much of a part they played in it, but my God, they, uh, you know, they stepped up. Uh, Apparently uh, I don't, I don't necessarily think that we need to give them full credit. There's a lot of organizations out there that, that did as well help. And uh, thanks to all you guys, whoever whoever you are, there's a lot of them out there, but uh, there's some people out there that really stepped up. Yep. And, and, and if our you listeners want... and just general hobbyists as well. So good job. The final, the final say, page 46, public law 112-95 specifically prohibits the FAA from promulgating rules Regarding model aircraft that meet all of the following criteria, the aircraft is flown strictly for hobby or recreational use is the first bullet on that list. It's good news. So there you go. So Jesse, you got any news? No news here, Dan. I got one more bit of news. Oh, you do? Yeah. It's It's kind of a personal bit of news. Yeah. Some of you guys may have already seen on Facebook that I have accepted a position as a new team pilot on Team Jetty USA. I knew it. Nice. It was meant to be. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the sun came up. Damn it, I knew it. It was going to go down. <laughs> Dude, I'm super excited. <laughs> I mean, I, I've, I've kept it a little quiet until uh, Jetty put out the announcement, you know. Uh, but they did that earlier this week, and boy, I got a huge showing of support and congrats. So thank you to everyone that uh, that gave their well wishes. I'm I'm 
absolutely excited about this. You know, hope I can work with them on product development and just uh, supporting, you know, supporting the Jetty line. I think there's a lot of exciting stuff coming. And uh, yeah, go 2015. This is going to be great. Sweet, man. Well, congratulations. I think it, it fits you very well. Thank you. Well, this week's news is brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. Wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man. Wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man. Wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man. Hi, I'm Justin Pucci, and despite what you may think, I'm not here to talk to you about wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube men. What I am here to tell you is that the guys over at Rotary Wing RC are stocking up on all forms of heli goodness and passing the savings on to you. Need a fly barless system? Joe and Kyle have Bavarian Demon, Skookum, and Icon. Looking for a heli? What about Gowie or one of those Garbins? Servos? Look no further for BK Servos and MKS. And who could forget the German amazingness that is Contronic? I sure can't because I just bought three of them. So head on over to www.rotarywingrc.com and get yourself loaded up with awesome today. What are you talking about this week, guys? Vibrations. Oh, like nah, don't get excited. Like like uh, the bad kind. On the- no, do not Stop. go there. <laughs> Stop. I'm not going to stop. You can't stop me. We're censoring you, Dan. You fascist. <laughs> Been called way worse today. <laughs> well, what kind of vibrations are you talking? Good vibrations? No, the crappy no. kind, dude. No. The bad ones. The oh, kind you want to get You can't rid track of. down. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Justin. I could, right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> if the parts well, were to fit, and you could actually bolt that little thing together, I feel as though that there are some tools out there that possibly might be able to help. I believe you might be correct, Nick. <laughs> that is <laughs> ding, right. Ding, ding. Uh, so what we're talking about uh, today is tracking down vibrations with a spectrum analyzer. Now, this does get a little bit limited. Um, we're going to be referencing the V-Bar 1 probably the most because I don't have... You know, we discussed the Skookum, and I'm not... I don't believe that they have, like, a live spectrum analyzer to the best of my knowledge. If not, then please correct me. Um, and let us know, and then I will put that correction out there. It doesn't really matter um, to us or, or you or anyone, for that matter, what brand it is. It's the concept of being able to use some technology and tools to find vibrations, which can be really, really tricky to track down. I mean, many old people have pulled their hair out. It does have a vibration analyzer. I don't know if it gives you the data in real time. That's the clarification. Okay. So okay. You might, it uh, has a data yeah. logger. In fact, it actually has vibration analysis software. Okay. In the most recent firmware update. Oh, nice. And yeah, okay. I, I'm okay. So that's good. 
Well, the concepts of this, uh, Justin, I would like to use your expertise and quick math skills uh, when we get over into the frequency and the software portion of it. But what I want to first bring up is how to how to basic math for understanding RPMs on your helicopter. Generally speaking, what we're always talking about is head speed, right? Head speed, head speed, head speed, which we all know is the RPM of your your main blades. But there are more things spinning than that, and you need mm-hmm. to be able to actually know what RPM those items are spinning at as well. How you do this? Well, simple math in the manual, uh, or you can do the math yourself and look up your parts list. You have your gear ratio for your, for your main gear ratio, and then all of our helis have tail gear ratio as well. So with some simple math, if you know your head speed and you know that your tail is, let's say it's a four and a half to one, well, that means your and your head's your tail is driven off of the head speed in that style of helicopter, or driven off of the main shaft through an auto rotation gear, whatever, you can do the math to find out what RPM the tail rotor is spinning at. Same thing goes for motor, your motor RPM, using your main gear ratio, like we all input into the governors or whatever. Do the math there to find out. These are very important because... When you go to log them, you need to know what range of vibrations your vibrations are falling into because it can help you identify where the vibe is coming from. So, Justin, explain to us how do we get, because when I pull the V-bar up, the V-bar spectrum analyzer, I see hertz. Yep. So, hertz is not RPM. To me, I know head speed. Uh, now that we know how to do tail ratio and made her mo- maybe motor RPM. So if my my tail's going okay, I figured out it's it's doing about nine thousand RPM, and maybe my motor's doing eighteen thousand. Now what? Because that's not hertz. Yeah, and I, I think let's let's set those numbers right now. Okay, you you picked out some good round numbers. We're gonna say our head spinning at two thousand. We've got a 4.5 to 1 on the tail, which means our tail spinning at 9,000. And we have a 9 to 1 on the main rotor, which means the motor is spinning at 18,000 RPM. So the first thing we want to know about what happens inside these devices, okay? What, what your fly barless system that has a vibration analyzer is doing is it is taking the accelerometers that are in there, which sense very minute changes in the acceleration of the device in all three axes. It takes that and it records the vibration as a function of time, okay? It's usually a displacement. Um, What then it does is some math that uh, transforms that time domain, we're going to call it, the the data as a function of time, into data as a function of frequency. Uh, If you're a super nerd, then you may know this referred to as the Fourier Mm -hmm. transform. We're not going to get into the details. 
For everyone else that's not a super nerd, it's just a name. But once they've transformed that time domain data into the frequency domain, you get the plot that you guys are used to seeing. And it is magnitude on the vertical axis and frequency on the horizontal axis. Frequency is in hertz. Before we go there, quick chat on magnitude. Don't worry about the number. It doesn't really mean anything to you, and it doesn't need to. It is a, a, a scale that is used to measure relative difference. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So one peak is a 10. Another peak is a 4. All you need to know is that uh, the 10 bad. is bigger, <laughs> bigger than 4. Two and a half times okay? the other yeah. one. <laughs> so frequency in hertz. Now, we had our RPM, right? One hertz is defined as one cycle, or in this case, one full rotation per second. Now, if I've got a head on my helicopter that's moving at 2,000 revolutions per minute RPM, then to get how many revolutions per second or how many hertz it's moving, I divide by 60 seconds. And that tells me that my head frequency is about 33 hertz. That's the simple math that you would do to get the frequency so that you know what peaks you're looking at. Now, for 9,000 on the tail, in our example, we're at 150 hertz. And for 18,000 on the motor, we're at 300 hertz. What, what all this means is when you look at the frequency domain plot, if you have no significant vibration, what you're going to see is basically a noise floor. And that is as a function of frequency, you get a little bit of a squiggly line with no apparent peaks. They look like mountains or spikes that shoot out of the lower level data. Nothing that bad anyway. Yeah. If you have peaks, yep. that means uh, you at least have uh, the, you're picking up the frequencies of those key components, the head, the tail, the motor. There may be a couple of other things depending on how many stages your gear system is um, stronger than the noise floor. So does that help to get started? Yeah. Yes, it does. So we've got, I mean, just ballpark, if we've got it up on the screen, we're looking at head being the slowest. So down on the left side, your head is ultimately going to be the, the slowest portion of it. So if you see vibrations yep. down there, uh, we're going to be looking at main shaft. Uh, main bearing. Main bearing. Swash. Definitely swash. Don't forget that one. Uh, yep. Next up in the middle is going to be the tail. One thing I want to point out on the tail. Do not. Ju don't say tail. It's tail system, tail drive system. What that means is the tail drive system starts right at that auto rotation gear. If we're talking about a torque tube, yep. that is where it starts. goes all the way to the back. Everything is spinning all the same because we, in most helicopters in the torque tube system, there's no gear reduction at, that, at the rear tail case. It's all one-to-one -one right there. So... The, a frequent a, t a vibration like a bent tail hub can potentially show up as a same vibration 
as a set of, let's say, two tightly meshed torque tube gears on the front. So just keep that in mind yep. because that one has been, oh my gosh, that one has thrown me for a loop. Uh, and then up at the top of the scale, we're going to be looking at motor RPM, uh, motor bearings, uh, pinion support bearing, stuff like that. Now, Jesse, I would like to know how you, let's say we are one person, right? Mm-hmm. We're just one dude. We feel that we have a vibration problem. How do you physically go about checking this? I mean, because let's let's face it, spinning a 700 up in pretty mm-hmm. much no situation is like a warm and fuzzy feeling. Oh, yeah, definitely. Especially maybe if it's like in a tight, confined yeah. workshop space area. By yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so one, one of the first things I want to point out is even one thing that I've noticed from using the V-Bar uh, vibration analyzer, spectrum analyzer, is even... You know, a heli that, let's say, we're going to consider it has zero vibes. It flies fine. There's no real red flags uh, when you're flying it. Uh, basically, you'd say this heli does not have a problem. Even when you throw that helicopter on the and you look at the spectrum analyzer, you may still see some little bumps at each of those three um, locations for the main blades, the tail, and the motor. So one thing that I like to do is kind of get a baseline. Um, it's, you know, hook it up before you have a problem and kind of get an idea of what a normal helicopter should look like. And I've noticed that, you know, you'll still see very minor bumps right there, but nothing like the huge peaks we're talking about when you have a serious uh, vibration issue. So on a 700 class heli, when I'm going to start diagnosing it or hooking it up to the computer and running this vibration analysis, I always pull main blades and tail blades um, and at least to start um, sometimes you know you might be going well what if it's the tail blades that are out of balance um, that's okay because I kind of work myself to that point systematically instead of just trying to spool it up I guess with the tail blades right off the bat um, so pull the main blades off pull the tail blades off you know I'll, I'll throw the packs in the heli try to get the heli weighted down as much as possible double check that there is no way that that USB cable is going to get tangled up in the main bl- in the main grip spinning around in the tail. Um, you know, no conflicts there. And then, yeah, I'll go ahead and power it up and spool it up on the bench. Because at that point, there's really nothing, you know, grabbing air that's going to push that helicopter around. Even if you do bump the rudder or something like that, it the helicopter should not spin, shouldn't move, especially with no blades on it. Um, and then if it progresses to that point where you're going, okay, I pulled all the blades off. Maybe it's such a thing where there wasn't enough mass spinning to where it, you know, made the amplitude for that vibration or the magnitude for that vibration high enough to where it really registers. So then I'll go ahead and throw the tail blades on. But at that point, I either really like another person to help me and just hold on to that tail because now all of a sudden, if you do bump the rudder, you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna be in for a real surprise <laughs> when the heli starts spinning oh, around geez. on you. So you just you really want to be careful anytime, you know, anytime there's blades on the head or the tail. Um, and then I I guess the last thing would be, 
geez, with some of the Bluetooth stuff now and, you know, stuff, I haven't done this personally, but you can do this live in flight as well yeah, and, the- and have someone on a laptop reading the data live in flight when you throw the helicopter up in a hover. And honestly, that's that's the only way I would test it with the main blades on and fully ready to go. I'll add that I I personally always, always, always disconnect my tail rod up at the servo. That's how I do it. Um, if I'm going to put the tail blades on, mm-hmm. then I disconnect there because, man, geez, until you've had that panic mode, you have no concept of how hard a tail rotor can push. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, which is seriously. why you really need to do it with two people, and you need yep. to know what your safety plan is because yep. that will chop shit off. And yes, uh, I I also have an, a personal thing that I do. Uh, I put my I'm put I get my radio ready. Very aware. I come up with uh, an escape plan, if 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 that makes sense. Before I spool it up, I take a visual. Okay, where's my radio? Where's throttle hold? Okay. Yep. I even set mine up. Um, Jesse, I know you mentioned you put the packs in there. I do mm-hmm. mine a little bit different. I take my left arm. I go through my skids underneath the heli, and I hold on to the opposite skid through the bottom. Yeah. So I actually reach underneath the helicopter, go through the the skids from the side, grab the opposite skid. I will start my throttle spooling up, and I actually hold. I take my connector, my battery connector. I do not plug them in all the way, and I don't put my batteries in the helicopter. Reason being that in an extreme emergency, and I do mean extreme, because this would suck. I can physically grab a big pack and throw it. Like, I'm not kidding. I will grab that pack and rip it clean off. I guarantee you that I can grab a whole stick pack and pull as hard as I can, and those connectors will come out well before I can reach a a, a, a connector and disconnect it with one hand while holding onto the heli with the other, frantically trying to do a, a one-hand disconnect. That's That's just my personal method. But yeah, I get a good visual on where everything is before I start spooling it up. Yeah, is and it- this is uh, this whole conversation is a pretty solid argument in my mind for the Skookum method being a good alternative, if not better. Because the Skookum, you have to record the data and yep. then analyze it afterwards. So you can't be tempted to go and sit there and do this in real time on the bench. You go and fly the helicopter or you spool it up in a much more safe configuration. Uh, and then you go and look at the data. Right? Yeah, it's it's sketchy. I mean, uh, you know, small helis. Yeah, it, but it all depends it, on the size Even small helis too. can kick hard. Well, and you're talking about more RPM. I would not want a blade grip or a ball link, or something to come off, no matter how small it was, you know, spinning at that. Because the force, I mean, there is a ton of energy there. So uh, the other one we should mention, uh, I do believe the V-Control will actually do it live on the radio. That's much better. Much better. Okay, but uh, don't look at it yourself. 
Yeah. While you're flying. This <laughs> is a two-person job if you have yep. to use the V-bar version. To do it safely, it really is. I'm, I mean, yeah. Yeah, one other thing to point out is, at least from the conversation that, what what all the things I was mentioning, I was strictly talking about an electric helicopter. Yes, yes. So now absolutely. you go and throw nitro into this. You know, you got to make sure anytime spooling up a nitro on the bench, if, if you're running off a throttle curve, you're going to weigh over rev the engine just because there's no load on it to Ooh, keep that RPM point. in the good range. So you either want to make sure, you know, your rev limiter is 100% working or your governor is 100% working. If you want to get it up into that working RPM to where you can really see, you know, okay, what's happening in flight at the operating conditions. Yeah, good point. Really good point. The other thing you got to, you know, taking it back to the actual analysis side of things, you need to know what your particular vibration analyzer considers to be a magnitude above which you should be concerned, right? And I think V-Bar gives you, if I remember correctly, it's been a while, but I think V-Bar gives you a color scale mm-hmm. or a number scale. And, the, and it says... There is a number, okay. like an overall kind of... Right. And if you're above a certain value, then it's called moderate vibration. If you're above even further, it's, you know, high or extreme. You're but going even, to, when you look at this data, you are likely going to see peaks. You're going to see resonances that represent each of the components in the system that we've already mentioned. It's only a problem if those peaks exceed the magnitude that your particular flybarless system manufacturer considers bad. So you need to educate yourself on that before you go and chase down crap. You know, that's that's always the there's a double edged sword on data. Um, I, I live this on a daily basis because I'm an engineer and we engineers live by data. Uh, you can come up with any problem that you want when you're looking at a piece of data. OK, you can come up with problems that don't exist. And it's all because you are misinterpreting what you're seeing. Don't go and chase down peaks on your main tail or motor if they're not in what's considered to be a problematic vibration range. You won't get rid of them. The way you get rid of them is you take out the main rotor or the motor or the tail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the way you get rid of it is don't is just don't it. fly the heli. <laughs> yeah, cuz I get I mean, I would like to say that my Raptors are pretty smooth flying helis. And if I go back and look at the V-bar log, I'll have extreme, you know, the occasional uh, vibration warning. Mm-hmm. But it's because I'm out there hammering on it. Right. You know what I mean? And another person will just go sport fly it and, and it, there won't be any vibration. So you don't want to just go look at this data because you're bored one day and then have it have freak yourself out. And oh my gosh, I see vibrations. Oh my gosh! If you want to learn, that's different. But I I remember when the the V bar spectrum analyzer came out. Oh my god! I everyone had vibration problems. Yep. And now all of a sudden, (laughs) guys were I mean spending months trying to track down everything when their helis flew perfectly fine in the beginning before they ever started. So use it as a a troubleshooting tool when there is a problem yep 
Yep, absolutely. So let's One talk more. manifestations of vibrations. Yes, okay. that's exactly what I wanted to to get into a little bit more, Dan. Go I ahead. I want to, you know, like Nick just mentioned, you have, I've never personally used uh, on my helis any type of vibration analysis. I use them daily on those which shall not be named. But mm -hmm. on a heli, what I typically, you know, when I'm looking, you have obvious vibrations that just manifest just plain painfully obvious but those vibrate those issues i feel as the helicopters have improved and tech you know the, the, the everything's just getting better we don't really notice those as much as we used to do say five years ago right yep yep uh one thing that i always used to do as a vibration test um pick the heli up after well back when i was flying only nitro you know you break the motor in because you're going to get some chunkiness when you're breaking a motor in. Mm -hmm. uh, I would always look at the tail fin, and because if your if your tail fin looks five millimeters thick in flight, yeah, definitely got a vibration issue, or a little a little fuzzy, yeah, yeah, <laughs> or blurred up so bad it disappears, yeah. exactly, yeah. yeah. So when you guys, I mean, you guys have talked about the safety aspect of looking for vibrations, and we've talked about what these mean. Let's talk about how do vibrations manifest? What do we, you know, that's what I look for. What do you guys look for? I mean, what, what visual confirmation? Uh, tail fin, baby. The, well, the tail fin, but another thing that's not visual is you can hear it too. Like Good have a yeah. set of motor bearings go out in an electric motor. Yep. Buzzing, Most of the time mocking, you're going to hear clicking. that. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And knowing, you know what, if we go back to that understanding uh, the gear ratios in your helicopter, like people. Um, so let's say you you start hearing a weird sound. You come down on the ground. You hit throttle hold and you let it spool down. And you hear a uh, click, 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 click as it's spooling down. Right. Look at it and compare the noise to what's spinning. Find out which part of the helicopter is spinning that matches the click of the noise. So if you know, is that click, uh, is that click happening once every time the main blades go around, or are the main blades barely moving, but you're still hearing a click, 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 click in the tail? Well, okay, there we go. I know my tail is, you know, spinning four and a half times faster than the main blade, so that's where I can go to look. You can bypass a lot of wasted troubleshooting by kind of paying attention and really understanding that. Yeah, and that's that's another thing that I've done in the past that really makes it easier to determine where the problem is. Yeah, tail fin though is you know we don't see we don't see much with as far as head speed vibration. I mean, up ninety percent of the time it's the tail. Yep. Yeah. And for in my experience, it's usually been tail shaft, bent bent tail shaft. Bent tail hub uh, on a belted heli, uh, tail case bearings in the back. Unbalanced uh, tail blades. Unbalanced or tail bad blades. bearings in the yeah. grip. Yeah. Or, or, I haven't had that personally that much, but yes, absolutely, that'll do it. 
Uh, but man, the big one that has been an issue for me over the last couple years, I'd say the last year and a half, it was the front uh, torque tube and or auto rotation drive tail drive gear combination mesh issues mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that nasty audible, you know, when the DFC came out, it, the T-Rex 700 DFC when it came out, they had the tail. People talk about the tail hum. Oh, and they try everything and this and that. Yeah, it's it usually starts way up in the front because I've had three helicopters now. Same thing. Never had a problem, never had a problem. All of a sudden, they come out with a new, stronger, upgraded gear or, you know, torque tube gears, and now it's got a weird hum. Or I changed tail <laughs> ratios. Now it's got a weird hum. Yeah, well... It's where it starts, and some of that you just can't do anything about. But, uh, you know, proper gear mesh uh, can make a huge difference. I got to tell you, when you first look at at least the ones that I use, because I don't know if the V-Bar is any, any different, but these, I got they look horrible when these look when you first look at them until you realize that the, it's actually within the acceptable degree, which on the units I use, its plotting system is five plus or minus. Yeah, and that's that's exactly why I went over that, Dan, a few minutes ago, is you got to know what your system cares about. I can't remember what it is on V-Bar. Do you, off the top of your head, mm-hmm. remember, uh, Jesse or Nick, like, above a value of five? It's I, bad. I just look at the scale. I mean, truthfully, I've never looked at the numbers. If it's, <laughs> how about, how's this for crude? If it's below halfway up, I don't get that worried about it. If it's above half, I try and fix it. <laughs> well, okay. So, but most people will want to be more precise than that. So, you got to reference whatever your fly barless system says. On yep. Skookum, they give you a set as well. I think it's like anything above four or five on the Skookum magnitude is probably worth checking out. Anything below that, just go fly. It's not that big of a deal. But you know, you're right, Dan. You can get you can get confused about it. Um, and if you don't know what that threshold is, then you could be chasing crap that you don't need to be. You don't need to be. That's correct. The other thing you want to keep in mind, depending on the system and the fidelity of the measurement, is that in certain situations you may actually pick up what's called a harmonic. Mm-hmm. And a harmonic is actually a mode of vibration that is uh, an integer value higher or a multiple of the base. Okay, integer value is simple way of saying whole numbers. Okay, the, the base vibration of your motor, let's say, is 300 hertz in our calculation. Well, if I multiply that by 2, I get a 600 hertz. And if I multiply it by three, I get a 900 hertz. So you may actually see higher harmonics. And a lot of people will look at that and be like, well, wow, each of these are distinct vibrations. I got a whole bunch of crap that's vibrating in this helicopter. (laughs) No, that's not true. It is higher level harmonics driven by the base of the motor or the 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 base mode of the head or the tail. And the, the nice thing is that if you kill the base, you kill it all. So don't go after that. Be smart about it. Take a step back, look at the data, see what it tells you. 
Is that the same concept of resonating, exponential resonating? That's exactly what we're dealing yeah. with here. Yep. Yeah, I ran into some funky vibes that, uh, like, I was looking at them on the scale, and it's like, wait a minute. Okay, I've got one. So let's say I got one in my middle range, right, in my tail range. And then I'm going down here, and it's like, what is this other one? Okay, well, it's it's not quite, it's not head speed. But it's not tail. And then you start looking at it, and it's like, wait a minute. It is precisely half the hertz of the tail. And, hey, what do you know? It's about half the amplitude. I mean, just for crude <laughs> for crude measurements. So that right there is a visual of that resonance. So, okay, I'm not going to chase that one because I know that that is probably a function of... This big ass one over here, that's my real problem. So don't worry about that. And then what do you know? As I start fixing the problem in the tail, uh, this other resonance goes away uh, with it. Yep. Yeah. I I mean, a harmonic is basically, it's always going to have a magnitude that is lower than its fundamental mode. And the way you can think about it is you take a guitar string, right? It's of length one and you pluck it. And it's vibrating, it's vibration when you just pluck it without putting your hand down on the fretboard is the fundamental mode. That's the biggest peak you're going to see. Okay, now you put your finger down halfway through and you've divided it into two. There's your second harmonic. And now you're going to get vibration of both sides of the string, but they will vibrate less because they're not as free. And now you split the length into three equal parts with two fingers. And you got three times the frequency. That's your third harmonic, et cetera, et cetera. That's exactly what's going on here. But it's a tail boom that's vibrating instead or a torque tube or a motor or a head. Yeah, and and luckily with the frequency analyzer, you can count on the x-axis, you know, on the hertz to be accurate. And so... It can be really important to actually calculate, figure out your gear ratios like we talked about, figure out which head speed you're running, and calculate what you would expect to see. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And kind of go Jesse. from there. Go start at your expected kind of hertz that you know your helicopter's operating at and look for the peaks there first. Yeah. And then when you turn it on and you see those peaks, you'll be like, wow, science is fun. <laughs> Okay, oh my Bill god! Yeah, oh, you totally stole my line. <laughs> wow, guy, right up from underneath me. On that one. Yeah, nice. it, these are really useful tools, guys. I mean, a lot of people say, "Well, why, why would I bother with that?" Because I'm not going to buy something counting on my heli going bad. Kind of like I don't buy a heli to crash. But when you get stuck in that mm-hmm. situation and all you want to do is fly, but you can't. Because you cannot figure out which of the 300 parts on your helicopter are are causing the vibration. It is incredibly frustrating and it drains your energy. Because you you get excited, right? Oh, I found it. And then you replace it? No. Oh, I found it. No. it's, It's rough. It really is. It's one more tool for the toolbox. Yep. And when eventually you can stay in this hobby long enough. And buy and sell enough helicopters, and you will have those times when it is a priceless tool. 
yeah, if I had it on my chase, then I wouldn't have had to buy an entire freaking drivetrain. <laughs> For example. Yeah. Well, and you know, we really we really do have it good with these more modern helicopters. If you just think back a few short years when we were doing the nitros with the collets on the clutch oh, yeah. assemblies mm-hmm. when you had to yep. dial indicate mm-hmm. those. Yep. I mean, vibrations were a very real thing. I mean, because if you didn't dial indicate your clutch stack, you had serious vibrations that could bring a helicopter down, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know why I'm, I have luck with it, but I I just, the more recent round of helicopters that I've had, I've just never had any visible signs of serious vibrations. I'm, there might be, but they don't seem to affect it. So I guess what I'm saying is if you want to geek out on it, you can, but if, if you're not experiencing any negative tendencies, well... Yep. Fly and enjoy. Mm-hmm. That's right. Exactly. But you can geek out on it, can't you, Justin? Oh, I love it, dude. I love it. It's great. Hey, Kayla, would you mind uh, charging up my batteries while I pack up all my helis and other gear so we can head out to the field? I would love to, if I could figure out how to work this charger. It's so confusing. You really need to get yourself a new one. <laughs> you don't have to tell me twice. I know exactly what I'll get. I'm going to head over to revelectrics.com to order myself up a brand new dual PowerLab 8 charger. With the pre-programmable menus and the endless customization, it's extremely fast and easy to charge nearly any battery. Thank God. So it's been a while, guys, but it's time. You know, they... Justin and Nick and Jesse have been harping on me about not doing a game show, not getting one ready. We love the game show. So they show. went ahead and just yeah. planned one and said, uh, dude, it's happening. You better get your shit together. <laughs> That's right. Get some <laughs> so, questions. Be there because you're already square. Sorry. <laughs> so this one's kind of a fun one. Uh, I don't even really want to tell you about it until because, I mean, it's kind of a neat, neat little surprise that we had for for a listener, that uh, Keith, who wanted to come and check out the uh, the game show action. We played the Trixies on him. We did. <laughs> the Trixies. That's, so we're going to go ahead that's and... That's a pretty uh, creepy voice. That is a... That's that... Uh, what's that dude? That that Frodo? It's yeah. like a horrible Gollum. impression of Gollum. Gollum. Yeah, yeah. Why, thank yeah. you. It's pretty good. So we're going to go ahead and play that, and we'll be back in a moment. Two. From Hollywood. It's the Nation versus Citizen Quiz Show. With your host, Dan Reed. And his wonderful co-hosts, Nick, Jesse, and Justin. And now, here's your host, Dan Reed. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. And welcome to the Nation vs. Citizen Quiz Show. So here we are, guys. It's time to do it again. It's been a long time. Must admit. This guy's Nick and Justin and Jesse have been slacking on getting the game show put together. 
Oh, dude, what? Whatever. <laughs> Man, Don't even on. go there. Wow. <laughs> Says the guy who's been gone for two weeks. That's right. That is right. So I'm happy to announce we have with us Keith. Keith, what's your last name? Smith. Smith. What's your address and your phone number? <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Birth date, favorite color. <laughs> Mother's maiden name. Oh, okay. <laughs> Social security oh, oh. number. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Bank account number, all of it. We want it all. I need your three-digit three, three digit number on the back of your credit card. Don't forget that. Yeah, you guys keep me up till midnight since you guys, it's only 10 o'clock, and then try and get me to tell you stuff. Okay. Yeah, that's, the, that's the plan. <laughs> that's the way it works. So here we are. What we're going to do, it's the uh, same fashion as we've always done it. Uh, basically, you're gonna we're going to have 10 questions. Uh, you're, whoever has the most out of 10 questions correct wins. If you win, you're going to get a $50 gift certificate to a shop of your choice and a hat and a hat if you just for participate, should you not win. Okay. So, so. we've got uh, the typical guy. We got the guys here, you know, the, the know-it-alls. Yeah. Nick and Justin and Jesse. Justin's here. Justin's here. Justin. Justin's <laughs> here. <laughs> Justin is here. <laughs> so who do you, what do you think? Keep in mind, I actually ate chicken shit off the sidewalk when I was a kid. So, <laughs> just, just saying. I, I mean, I don't know, Keith. If if you want to get a fifty dollar gift certificate, Nick is probably your best bet because he's I got have, the worst record right now. And I've taken enough Dayquil and Sudafed right now that me and my pink tutu'd monkey sitting over here just munching down on some cupcakes so i think you're probably good to go <laughs> oh, wow. oh, i love nice. the visual thank you for that yeah. oh, that's no i problem. think you know it sounds like if you guys are all saying the same thing hmm interesting <laughs> it's a setup. that sounds like a good bet <laughs> so what do you think you can go <laughs> oh sorry oh excuse me that happens uh, one more time i swear to god i'm gonna reach to the internet i'm gonna <laughs> I see you have a beard <laughs> plucking it Taking it there you okay. Uh, 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 Nick and Nick's fine. We'll use Nick. You know what? I don't. I don't like that choice. You don't like that choice. I don't. Okay. In fact, I got a little <laughs> bit of a surprise for you. Okay. Da da da. Dun dun dun. You are not going to go up against Justin or okay. Nick or Jesse. Okay. Or Dan. Or Dan. Or Dan. Oh. <laughs> uh oh. We have a surprise for you. We have a guy that some people might know as the one. Do you know who I'm referring to when I say the one? I think I know who you're talking about. All right. It's time for you to reveal yourself there, mister. Hello. Kyle Stacy. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, that just yeah. happened. That just happened, man. Yeah. What's up, Kyle? Cool. What's going on? Kyle, hey. Keith, Keith, Kyle. Kyle. How's it going? Doing great, you? Uh, doing all right. So here we yeah. go. We're gonna, we're since we kind of flipped the rules on you, we're gonna do um, another another rule change just for this one. We're gonna have you go first, Keith. Oh, okay. So Kyle, what I need is uh, your um, scouts honor that you will either take your headphones off for the moment so you can't hear the questions. Mm-hmm. I will text you. Uh, or if you just turn off your sound, watch the, um, just watch down below and we'll type something in the, uh, in the Skype when you're, when you can come back. Okay. Okay. Sound good. All right, man. 
All righty, Keith. What do you think of that? Okay. Sounds yeah. good. Sounds interesting. Yeah. I think yeah. my chances just went down. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Sorry, I feel guys. Like, I feel like I just got slammed. <laughs> All right, so uh, what we've got, Keith, is kind of a mixture of some. Typically, what we like, to, I like to do, is add some RCHN history, some RC helicopter history, and a few technical questions. Okay. I actually went. There's some in here that are pretty tough, but for the most part, I feel like these are answerable. So, I mean, I've been known to lay down some pretty tough questions in the past. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> so, here we go. Are you ready? Justin, are you keeping are you, score? Are you keeping score? I'm yeah. keeping score, yes. All right, Justin's the official score tallier, as it Counter-er. were. Counter-er. Here we go, question number one. What well-known pilot took consecutive first-placed finishes at U.S. Nationals from 1993 to 2002? I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Kurt Youngblood? Very good. Okay. Nice. Nice. Good start. Good start. Okay. So here we go. What fun fly does RCHN start the year off with and typically records a live podcast at? Oh, I hope I get this right. Um, You do. Is it Snohomish? Probably got that one wrong. You got that one wrong, buddy. (laughs) Othello. Othello. Dang it. I should have got that. (laughs) So here's an acronym for you. What does FHSS stand for? Oh, boy. That's that Futaba thing. Um, I don't know. I use Spectrum. I don't use Futaba. <laughs> so I don't know oh, that I'm one. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Our condolences for your... Hey, guess what? I, wa- I wonder why he missed the question. <laughs> so the answer to that one is frequency Red. hopping spread spectrum. I should have guessed. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Here's one that's a little tough, and mainly I came up with this one because these are really hard to come up with. So, who was RCHN's first show sponsor? Oh, wow. This is one for the guys that have been listening for a while. I have been, but I'm trying to think of who the first one was. Wow. Um, geez, it wasn't Heli Pros. It was before that. Are you want, do you want to reconsider that? Yeah, it's Helipros. I'll go with that. <laughs> yes, it was. Helipros. Yeah, okay. Nice. Two points. I remembered that was a real early one, and I had to think about it. Yeah. Okay, and another RCHN question. Okay. After Rob Boyd, who was the next co-host of RCHN? Oh, God, after Rob left. Um Boy, because he's not on here right now. Nope. So, um, oh, I should know this one. Time's really? up. Time's okay. up. Okay. Jake Shambo. Jake, yes. Gablin. The Gablin. Gablin. The Gablin guy. Yep, yep. Okay, we're right. halfway there. Back to some uh, heli history questions. Here we go. Who was the first RC helicopter pilot to fly inverted? Uh, Mike Mass. Very good. Knows his wow. history. Very nice. Good. Very wow. good. That was no hesitation, Keith. Yeah. I started flying with Dubro made helicopters. Okay. Wow. Are you, you got a ghost in the background? No, I, something else. It's done. It's a toy <laughs> <Sorry>. dinosaur. 
All right, here we go. Mm-hmm. Utaba has S bus. JR has. Uh, uh, PP. They call it PPM? No, it's not PPM. It's, um... Let me repeat the question. Okay. Utaba has S bus. JR has. I don't remember what theirs is called. X bus. X bus. Yeah. God dang it. I'm terrible tonight. That's what happens when you keep me up till midnight. No, that's the plan. That's what we try to do. We don't want to be giving away $50 every time we do this. Come on, man. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, here we go. Okay. This one you should get. Okay. No no pressure after no pressure. that, no, one, by the way. Seriously. What is the device used to hold the rotor RPM consistent called or constant called? The governor. Very good. Told you you should get nice. that one. Nice. Yeah. We're up to four points here with Boy. two to go. Oh, man. Before Here we go. Next question. Before everyone was flying with fly barless controllers, Spartan had a very popular tail gyro. What was it called? The quark. Spartan quark. It's before the quark, my friend. It was the Spartan 760. Oh, the 760, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't uh, know I'd give it to him because I think the quark was more popular. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it. I still have one. Right. If you guys want to I think it, we should give yeah. him a point for still having a tail gyro. <laughs> <laughs> one helicopter. Courtesy point. Yeah, I'd say either one, Dan. To okay. be fair. I'm yeah, good with that. Enough. We can do that. Yep. So okay. last question, right, Justin? Yes. I think that is true. Yes. Yep. This one's a technical topic. Name one advantage of a helical gear. Uh, more surface area, so it doesn't. It's less likely to strip. It's quieter. Oh, one you said you, one. You definitely got one of them. You, quieter. You got it. You're, You're good. Ideal there. for high load applications. You got it. Good job. Okay. That's five out of ten. I think that's no, dude. That's six. Is that out six of out of ten? I think yeah. you just made a new listener record, Keith. No I don't way. Think we've ever gotten anyone that <laughs> cool. got that got that many right? Wow. Good. So I just well sent played. a message off to Kyle to bring him back. Okay. So Kyle, here's the question. Now we don't. It's up to you. Do you want to know how Keith did? Do you want to know how many he got right? Sure. Go ahead and let six him know. out of ten. Six dude. out of ten, dude. Oh, that's pretty good. That yeah. is pretty good. Yeah. That is pretty good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no pressure. We know now you remember, can fly you're, you're playing for Team RCHN here, so... Uh, yeah, don't don't screw this up. Please oh, try wow. to save me $50. <laughs> <laughs> we know you can fly helicopters, but can you answer questions? Mm, I don't know that's, about that. That's what we're about to find out. All right, here we go. Question number one. What well-known pilot took consecutive first-place finishes at the U.S. Nationals from 1993 to 2002? Mm, 1993 to 2000. Consecutive years. Consecutive first finishes. First-place finishes. Uh, Was it Curtis? Very good. Yeah. Question or an answer? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we, I wasn't quite sure if you were asking me or answering the question. Here we go. We'll do, with Jeopardy format, who is Curtis Youngblood? There, yeah, there you go. Very nice. <laughs> question number two. What fun fly does RCHN start the year off with and typically record a live podcast at? 
That's a good one. Um, I'm going to go out and guess Snohomish. Oh, oh man. Yeah, that's not quite right, but Negative. it's close. So what that means is we talk a whole hell of a lot more about Snohomish <laughs> than we do about <laughs> Othello. Yep. Uh, All right, question number three. What does the acronym FHSS stand for? Free frequency hopping spread spectrum. I should probably know that one. Yeah, you should know that one. <laughs> yeah, you better know that. <laughs> you better know that one. <laughs> And Someone at Futaba fired. just did a fist pump. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> All right. Here's some uh, RCHN history again. Mm-hmm. Who was RCHN's first show sponsor? For, ooh. This dates it back a while. Mm, I think this is before I was a listener. I probably um, was. This is two and a half, three years ago-ish. Mm. Mm. I don't know. I can't even come up with a guess. Heli pros. Heli pros. Okay. Yep. All right. Mm. Two out of four so far. Two out of four. Heli pros. So oh. fly very hard. Another history question, but <laughs> I'm guessing you're going to be able to get this one. Uh, I do think it was before you were a listener, but something tells me you might know the answer to this. After Rob Boyd. Who was the next co-host of RCHN? Jake Shambo. There you go. Oh. <laughs> I knew you were going to get that one. Unfair <laughs> advantage. Yeah. Unfair advantage. Bit. Fly with him. A little Fly bit. Him. Yeah. All right. History question. Mm-hmm. Who was the first RC heli pilot to fly inverted? Mike Mass. Oh. oh wow. Pulling it out. Mm-hmm. Dude. I didn't. Does anyone? Did anyone else know that? I knew that. Nope. I didn't know that. That nope. you're an old bastard, Dan. <laughs> I would have I would have guessed Robert. <laughs> yeah. They just called me an old bastard. See what I put up with? Shoot That's fits. rude. That is yeah. rude. All right, man. Next question. Futaba has S bus. JR has X bus. There you go. Uh oh. I feel a sweep. Yep. <laughs> this one <laughs> this one's a tough one. Don't think you're gonna be able to get it. You Probably might, not. though. You might. Here we go. What is the device used to hold the rotor RPM at a at a constant called? <laughs> what's that? What's that device called? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I'm thinking governor. Very maybe? good. Nice. Pulled that one out. That was a guess. Yeah. It was a good guess. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Two more to go. Okay, so we're tied. Ooh. Oh wow. Yeah. Six and six. Man, I always crack under pressure. Yeah, I know. We've watched it fly before. <laughs> yeah, Helimasters, Heli actually. Helimasters. Uh, that's nice. horrible. <laughs> Just kidding. You know I'm only kidding. Hey, I've heard you say it, that you are really sick and tired of getting second place and third place many times. <laughs> yes. Here we go. Before everyone was flying with fly barless controllers, Spartan had... We'll say two very popular tail gyros. Name one of them. Uh, Quark. Very good. Well, I guess that, uh, do you want to do the last question? That kind of puts you over the top, doesn't it? Yeah, let's go for it. it. I think you gotta. Yeah. All right. Name one advantage of a helical cut gear. Quiet. Good enough. 
Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, wow. sorry, Keith. Sorry, Keith. Hey. That's okay. It was fun anyway. There you go. Well, Keith, you're still getting some clothing. A hat, right? A hat or yep. a shirt if we don't have a hat. I think we do have a couple hats left. Kyle, okay. you ain't getting shit. That's so. fine. So, Keith, while we have you on the line <laughs> sorry, still. Sorry, dude. Uh-huh. And if you, if you have any questions or anything for Kyle, um, you know, now's your opportunity if you want to ask a few questions. Well, I wasn't even expecting to be on with Kyle. I know. So I <laughs> yeah. weren't really prepared for it, but it, uh, you know, I figured I'd give you an opportunity to add some. But if not, that's fine as well. well. That's fine. I mean, I mean, you've been flying for a few years. I mean, couple. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, guys, thanks so much for participating, Keith. I'm sorry, uh, Kyle stole it from you there. We'll we'll uh, beat him with a. Something to stick next time we see him for taking the fifty dollar <laughs> gift certificate from you. But no thanks for participating, man. You bet. Uh, be sure to email Ken your address. Okay. Uh, we'll do. Ken at rclnation dot com. We'll give we'll give you a hat if we have one, and if we don't, we'll send you a shirt. How's that sound? That'll work. That'll work. Go with my hoodie. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Sweet. That'll work. That was kind of cool, right, guys? Yes. Like, yeah, dude. Oh, dude. Yeah, he did not see that coming. Didn't Both see it coming. of them scored, I think, the first and second highest scores we've ever seen. But to be, they did do well. But I think the questions were a little more reasonable on this one than, than been last in the past. time. Yes. <laughs> last time was freaking crazy. Yeah. 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 Uh, but so. that was, man, that was just so cool. And can't say. Thanks enough to to Kyle. Good sport. You know, what a what a good representative. Good sport. Yeah. Uh I think we caught Keith a little off guard. <laughs> Which was the point. <laughs> yeah. You know that's gotta be so freaking. He's still weird. going home with a, a t shirt or a hat or whatever. Yeah. He did well. They both did well. I mean Yeah, he did good. What did what did Keith end up with? Like uh six? Six. 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 Yeah. Oh Kyle gosh. got eight. Yeah. Did fantastic. So again, Kyle, thanks for hanging out. Keith, thank you as well. Thanks for uh, you know supporting us the way you do. It's fantastic. And uh, be sure to get in touch with Ken. He'll uh, he'll he'll hook you up. So let's uh, let's go into some fun fly news. You got any uh, hard fast data for us there, Justin? My hard fast data is that it's going to be on September 17th through the 20th, which I think I already said last week, but it wasn't as formally, formally formalized. That's right. And now I'm much closer to formally formalizing it. So we're not there 100%, but we're pretty damn sure is what you're saying? Uh, Right now, really all that has to be done is for... Uh, both parties to agree on the contract language which i'm working so it it's imminent yeah we're looking forward to it you know for being down south of portland the weather in september is way better way 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 better than it is up in washington say at least on the western side of washington that is correct and be a good time oh it's gonna be great so much fun oh yeah, and what's exciting about this one is, you know, it it's there to stay, you know? Yeah, that was kind of the plan, and that's why we've taken so long. We didn't want to have to—we wanted a place where there was room to grow, but, you know, 
really focus on also finding a place that we can do the stuff that we like to do, all the goofy shit that makes our fun fly fun. Yep. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What else we got? Do we got anything else uh, on the horizon we want to mention before we head out of here? I don't think so. I think Uh, we're good to go, dude. A couple quick mentions. We want to get a few things nailed before we start stocking up the store, but there are a few handfuls of things there. Keep an eye on that. Of course, we'll let you know when it's time to take a look when we've got some new stuff in there, but I just want to mention that it is there. Uh, take a look and see what we got in stock. You might find something you like. Yeah, we got the newsletter. Be sure to sign up for that. Uh, Jesse works on that every uh, every month, puts a little tech tip in there for you. We kind of tell you what's been happening in the shows. Uh, be sure to check out Facebook 4100. Damn. Yeah. Cruising. Cruising along nicely. Thank you for your support on Facebook. It's fantastic. It's a great way to kind of see what we're up to, especially in the summertime when we got stuff happening. The I, I, I don't know if you guys have been noticing, but on our uh, homepage, there's been a lot of new names hanging out there. You guys notice that? Yeah, I have. Absolutely. So, it's still going strong. There's there's always a, always a few in diehards in there yeah. ready to talk. Ready to talk shop, answer questions. Some knowledgeable folks hang out in there. So if you got some quick questions, and uh, chances are there's going to be somebody there. That just about, about wraps it up, I think, guys. Maybe we should do some uh, email contacts, see if anybody wants to send some emails out. Nick, if I wanted to get in touch with you, how would I do that? You would send me an email to nick at rchelynation.com. How about you, Jesse? You would send me an email to jesse at rchelynation.com. Jack You would send me an email to justin at rchelynation.com. I'm Dan. You'd reach me at bigcountrylovin' at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Dan K. Reed. Uh, that's my that's my personal email, Dan at rchelynation.com. <laughs> the big and, country uh, loving Dan, threw him off. Well, uh, if you go to bigcountryloving.com, his username's Dan Carey. <laughs> there you go. That's <laughs> that's the go. one. And you could go to whatever forum I happen to be involved with, which is none at the moment <laughs> except for ours. You'd find me at Dan Carey as well. Uh, Dan, I got one more. Next week we are going to be. Uh, doing some of those questions. Oh, that's so right. You the guys, questions. yeah, yeah. Yep. Don't forget, we haven't forgot about you. The ones that have sent them in. Uh, if you have questions for us, you would like answered. Again, hop on your phone, computer, whatever. Hit record on the little audio recorder. Give us, uh, you know, one to two minute question. You've got introduce yourself. You know, try to give us as much information as possible, and then go ahead and email that to questions at rchelynation.com. We're going to play those on the air and see if we can't help you guys out. And I want to, while we're talking about that kind of stuff as well, uh, you know, we, we had the game show this week. What I would like to see, if you're interested in doing that, maybe we can start putting a few more together. Send me an email and I will just, uh, I'll respond and acknowledge, but I'll just put your, your email into a folder and uh, it'll just make it easier to grab somebody. I had a couple, but I didn't get any responses So uh, from those folks that I had. Uh, so I put a post up on Facebook and had a few people. First come, first serve type deal. So what I did was just grab the first one. But if you're interested in doing it, send me an email. Uh, and then when we get ready to do one, we'll uh, get in touch with you. 
Ken, if you want to reach Ken, again, Ken at uh, rclnation.com, store questions, citizen card number questions, uh, stuff like that. He gets right on the ball. And uh, we got to... Uh, about wraps it up guys this has been episode 175 i'm sure hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we've enjoyed making it have a good week guys we'll see you next monday hey good part doesn't itch anymore this has been a production of rc heli nation llc and is brought to you by Soco Heli Tools, Progressive RC, Blade Helicopters, BK Servos, Rev Electrics USA, and Rotary Wing RC. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please feel free to send us an email. Shift it, shift it, shift it. Then when you get it on the rev limiter, it's like. And this look of complete ecstasy on your face. Like, there's that itch scratched. I couldn't believe that. And then if you plug it, it's like. What the fuck, dude? Oh my god. <laughs> and then if it goes real bad, you just throw a rod. <laughs> You're like <laughs> I need a wet wing. (laughs) (laughs) Clean up. Clean up aisle four. Clean up aisle four. Get the pit crew in the... Bring the hook. This one ain't rolling back. Oh, shit. I I bet the itch is gone, though. (laughs) But you certainly don't want to stick your finger back there before you blow your fucking hand off. (laughs) Oh, Oh, shit, I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) I have no voice (laughs) 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 Here we go Alright Cross between Rock and Alanis Morissette (laughs) (laughs) You guys need to stop <laughs> oh jeez, Nick! That I'm starting to sound like, like I used to. Shit! Crap! <laughs> yeah, that's all it's gonna take, too. <laughs> that's a- right after the intro, it's coming, Dan. Be <laughs> warned. Oh, we're never gonna get to the intro. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. All right, <clears throat> one seventy-five. Right? Yep. <clears throat> Don't do it. <laughs>
I swear to God, don't do it. It's gonna start. It's gonna start as a growl. Just a all right, here we go. <clears throat> Can't do I was it. waiting for you to. <laughs> no, I did it. I wasn't gonna do it. Okay. All right, here we go. <clears throat> here we go. Okay.